When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the world's biggest independent rugby podcast and still expanding. I am JB, joined of course by Tim, and I say of course, of course Tim from Greece. Hello Tim. The home of shipping containers. Home of shipping containers. I take it you're just you know, specking out a new one. Uh, absolutely. You know, new season, well, restarted season. Freshen up the uh, TMO shipping container. I'm I'm, I'm working for us. And uh, talking of still expanding, maybe not his waistline, but certainly his hair, it's Phil. (laughs) Hello, JB. Another week, another week without a haircut for me. Wow. Maybe next week will be the one. Um, uh, Amazing scenes. Do you reckon you'll get one next week? Uh, It's possible. Who knows? That is unreal, Phil. We'll see. see. This is unquestionably the longest my hair has ever been it's inc- by, by some distance it's incredible mate i, I got to that is- sort of stage about oh i can't remember now what like a month ago i've had two haircuts since <laughs> i look at it do you know what it's reminiscent of it reminds me of lion from the thundercat <laughs> oh, if there's anyone i want to be compared to it's lion which superhero <laughs> would you want to be i mean obviously i want to be the rock even though he's not quite a superhero yeah, <laughs> Lino per- Lino's absolutely perfect. I'm delighted. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to see Phil's expanding hair, you can't because he's not on social media. But we are, so you can follow us at Ruby Podcast. Me at Jay Beardmore, Tim at Cocker. If you want to you know, tweet at us and do whatever do, do whatever you want to do, um, I guess we should talk about something rugby related. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Sounds good to me. Well, let's get oh let's get this out, let's get this out, um, out of the way then. Congratulations, Crusaders. Too predictable. Uh, Disappointing it's not gone down to the final week. Yeah, I am as well. Entirely predictable, unfortunately. They have been the best team for the last four seasons in Super Rugby, and this year was no different. It's remarkable, Uh, isn't it? It is. They are remarkable. Yeah, I started very, very cagey about the whole auto. I thought it was going to be a bit, well, a bit tin pot. Um, It's not. It's not at all. I mean, when we say predictable, is it as predictable as, say, Leinster or Saracens winning the Heineken Cup? Well, so they have been even more consistent than either of those two over the last four years. Yeah, you're probably right. um, which which is quite remarkable. Even even when you take it outside of the New Zealand, when you take it to the bigger competition with all the talent from South Africa and and the Hagiaras, who are pretty much an international team, um, and 
the Aussie teams when they got their act together, even in that wider pool, they were incredibly predictable. And what's what's absolutely remarkable about the Crusaders is, so in in this game this week, which, which two cracking games again. Yep. Um, the, the second game was the better, in my opinion, the Crusaders um, Highlanders. But I, I felt the Highlanders were the better team for at least sixty-five of the eighty minutes. Mm. But it just takes—I mean, five minutes of magic from um, George Bridge and Monga and Will Jordan in the just after the sixty-minute mark, as is their like trademark. It totally turned the game on its head. Do, do what my theory is on Crusaders now. It's simply this, that they don't take many risks. Wait for it. So, because they have everything in place, they've got some. They've got skills, they've got structure. I know people say they don't play with structure, they play with loads of structure. They know exactly what they're doing all, all of the time. Everyone knows their jobs, both individually and as a team. And their fitness is through the roof. When they take risks, it's not particularly risky. So, like, if... For instance, Worcester did, did half the stuff that they did. They get battered by 100 points. Because if you if you don't have all of the groundwork and basics, being risky is really, really risky. But when you're that good, it's not actually. It's just a good use of, your, it's just a good, good use of what you have. Well, how, how New, you're absolutely right, I agree. But how New Zealand is it, what Phil pointed out as well, and kind of what you're saying, that you have stardust to sprinkle on top of unbelievably solid foundations, and you flex in the last 20 minutes of a game yeah. that just described that was the that, that 10 year period where new zealand were just unbeatable that's that was the blueprint and the crusaders are doing it right now yeah they are i mean they are as new zealander rugby as saracens are england rugby you know saracens are like english rugby on steroids or what english rugby should be should be like and crusaders are exact exactly the same to the all blacks and and Leinster with Ireland yeah. as well, mm. and and um, in the last couple of years, and I'm hoping going forward as well, uh, Toulouse with France. Yes, Toulouse like this this incarnation of the Toulouse team is like um, the embodiment of what French rugby should be. Uh, how New Zealand is this as well? Um, what are the Crusaders? They're waiting until after the final game for Razor to do his break dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. They're, they're, hu- they're humble enough. They're waiting until all the games are done. They've still got a game to win. Tell you what, there's nothing more humble than break dancing, is there? When you win, a, <laughs> when you win a tournament, so humble. <laughs> just, just to Jay expand on your point, which, which I think is exactly right. The um, one thing that kind of emphasises that is just how good the support running is. Mm. Um, of for both the offloading, but also for finishing off tries, like two-on-one tries. I think, um, well, three of the Crusaders' tries, did they score four? Yes, they did. So three of their tries was very, very good support line running um, to finish, to create a two-on-one and finish a two-on-one after some good support running for yeah. the offloading. And that's what makes that support play, you're exactly right, it converts what could be a very risky offload into like a, an 80-20 um, success or, or greater than that yeah, success now, rate. I'm going to call it the Severis try. It wasn't the Severis try. I think of it as Severis try because it, it, they wing it out to him and he just scarpers and then beautifully turns the ball inside. And I think it's, does it get turned in again? Yeah, is it? it's, it's too quick turn into from... Uh, it goes to Bridge and then it goes to Moonga. Yeah, I mean, that. it just looks there in that passage of play like 
They're going to do anything they want until they get the result which is needed, which is go forward ball. And as soon as they get the go forward ball, they know exactly what's on. Out to Reese and away and away they go. Now some people might say that looks insanely risky, but it's not risky because they're so, you know, they work so hard. It's hard work ultimately. And and on all of this, fair play to the Highlanders, Tim's beloved Highlanders, Tim Landers, Tim Landers, Tim, Tim Landers, yeah. who I I really think for sixty five minutes of this game they were the better team. They they defended so well for so long, like the um, the covering tackle on Bryn Hall was just. Uh, that was one moment of many where they put in huge the, defensive effort. The breakdown work as well. They were dominating that area as well. But yeah, and they they forced they forced plenty of um, mm. penalties and errors from Crusaders, and, and they took their tries beautifully as well. So the Highlanders were superb. But all it takes is five minutes lapse of concentration, and then admittedly um, compounded by a, a, a stupid, stupid yellow card to Collins for um, taking the reserve prop off the ball, shoulder charge the reserve prop off the ball, which Mm. at that point when you're in the um, process of conceding your second try uh, in five minutes, you're already out on your feet because you've been defending um, like that. That yellow card, the needless yellow card, just cemented the the loss for them, unfortunately. Quick hypothetical. If, If we did just plonk Crusaders alone into the Heineken Cup, where do you think they get to? I think they get out of the pool stage into the quarters. Hundred percent, hundred percent, they're out of the pool. Uh, and then yeah. do you think do you think they'd be up there batting with Leinster and Saracens at, at I don't that know. level? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I'm not just being a Heineken uh, Cup fanboy, which I own. I am, which I am undoubtedly. Um, I, I still think that it's completely different rugby. I, I'd need to see it. Now, I don't know how they're going to handle like the Toulouse pack. Although I kind of do, because most of them are New Zealanders anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think they would do very well. I think they would be top four in the comp, probably, um, with a good chance of winning it. Albeit, there's some logistical issues to work out if you are going to... Um, because one of the big things about um, uh, Champions Cup is securing yourself a home semi-final and yeah. getting the... Um, the fan base there and making it intimidating and difficult. So if you can overcome those, if, um, I don't know, SpaceX can get a rocket ship to fly from uh, Ulster to uh, Christchurch in 35 minutes. Yeah, because they'll definitely play Ulster. Uh, Ulster quarter-finalists, mate. They're quarter-finalists. Whatever. Yeah, but not, but, but not, per, not, not perennial not perennial quarter-finalists. They're not going to be quarter-finalists like, like the reason that they're going to build the SpaceX depot on Barton Airfield. It's not it's not that kind of success. <laughs> Belfast, mate. Belfast docks, SpaceX, not perfect. Sure not sure of that. Good good uh, history of engineering. The the bigger question for me is what do they what do you do with Arturoa going forward? Because I don't know. Oh, hi Kate. <laughs> She's just the our sound engineer is just coming to check everything. Sound engineer. <laughs> the boss. <laughs> the boss is here. Wow. These three boys are naked. <laughs> <laughs> not naked. Mm. Um, yeah. You do look mildly naked. The only bits of you I can see at the moment have no clothes on whatsoever. That your leg and upper body. Yeah. For some reason, I think you're wearing loincloth. What do we do with Super Rugby Ultra? It's been an enormous success. The only criticism yeah. I have of it is it doesn't have a final. They should, they should have sorted that. Really, the top two teams play, play a final, but you know, splitting hairs. Um, 
it's kind of exposed super rugby a little bit. So I kind of think of super rugby now as a cocktail. You know, the New Zealand ingredients are you know, single malt whiskey, and you can make up all sorts of derogatory other drinks for what New Zealand, <laughs> what uh, Australia bring and South Africa bring. Supermarket um, brand cola. Yeah, Frosty Jacks or something. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd like to see this tournament go forward and you know thrive i just don't know if it's commercially viable i don't i'm not even sure are that has it generated enough interest maybe in the northern hemisphere to justify it probably not actually mm, possibly mm. not yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear the uh the figures because um the, the timings of the games well it, it depends what what you think but certainly the sunday morning game kicking off at 4 a.m is tricky for challenging us. i i tend to watch it at the um the 10 um, replay 10 a.m. replay, which yeah. does work quite nicely. It's quite nice to have Southern Hemisphere rugby on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, though. Just yeah, so. that that is nice. Although it's it was it's a bit frustrating watching that game, knowing the score. Mm. So I stupidly looked at the the score before that. So I was, I mean, even if I was watching that not knowing the score, I'd be expecting the Crusaders, the inevitable Crusaders comeback. Yeah, but I watched it actually knowing that the inevitable Crusaders comeback was officially inevitable. I did the opposite so, to you. Hope for Tim's Highlanders. I had to watch it. Sorry, I had to look at the score before deciding to watch it because there's no way I'm going through the whole. Yes, it's on, only to know it's not on. If it was the yeah, Blues, I would have watched it from the start. It's such a shame the Blues can't gotcha. win it now. Well, uh, just before we depart New Zealand, just a quick word that this is how bad it is, has been for the Chiefs is that Damian McKenzie appears to have even stopped smiling during his kick. <laughs> I noticed him. I, I, I saw one kick and went, huh? Did he just... I rewound it. He didn't smile. Was, his, was his clown face upside down? <laughs> was his clown smirk upside down? Solitary tear of a clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah That's like it's a great, great competition. We have been, we have been spoiled, um, starved of a, of a big finale, but yeah, it's been great. It does make you wonder, and this, this might lead on to something else we're going to talk about maybe briefly. It, it does make you question, maybe, maybe the secret behind Gatland wasn't Gatland. Maybe it was no, it does uh, make Sean me Edwards or Rob Howley Rob or Howley, some combination yeah. of, it, of the above. It honestly doesn't make me question anything. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't. You know, the manners were... Did it with- Alliance tour. He's drawn Alliance yeah. tour. He'll probably do very well in do well in the next one. Yeah, you know, he's turned Wales from an app. You know, actually, he, ha- he hasn't turned Wales from a basket case into a serious force. Wales has been a basket case throughout his entire tenure, and he still won. He, and he still still won with what he had. No one else. No one else could have done that. He's got hiding cups. He's got pre- premierships. He's got everything. You know, this is not a good look. But he's got everything. <laughs> the worst thing is for him, I think it's personal. He wanted to prove himself in his home, in his homeland, and well, you know, you yeah. Know. And it, it's so watching that game against the Canes, the Canes didn't respect the Chiefs. And what what I mean by that is, so when they played the Crusaders a few weeks ago, they won very much thanks to five Geordie Barrett penalties. And they, every time they had an opportunity to kick sticks, they took the, the three points. Now, this game was slightly different because they needed a bonus point win in order to give themselves even a slim chance of of um, winning the league um, were Crusaders to lose. But they, they never took the three. They always kicked the corner. And that's, a, in my mind, you've got to get the game won first before you chase the bonus point. Yeah. And they showed some disre- actual disrespect to the, the Chiefs. And... and Actually, with the result, getting the bonus point win, 
um, probably rightly so. It was the right decision, but that is a um, you can look at it as a, ultimately a disrespectful decision to the Chiefs. Not a single game, though. I know. I mean, some good Eight performances, but oh, it hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> yeah. And they've got some serious talent there as well. Yeah. Well, it, it, it'll get more time, so he can, he can turn it around. He can Would he get more time? I thought this was it for him, though. Well, so he's now on sabbatical yeah. from the Chiefs until n- next summer. Uh-huh. And then he goes back to the Chiefs, as I understand it. Oh, I thought so it was he's now... I thought it was a short-term deal for the Chiefs to tie him over until he goes to the Lions, and then he, had, he has nothing on. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, for, as of right now, he is um, a, as I understand it, a full-time um, Lions coach. Indeed. So he yeah. will be prepping for next summer's assault on South Africa. With Big Stew. Potentially with Big Stew, yeah. So there's, um, he said he's been speaking to Big Stuart, Big Stuart Lancaster amongst other coaches um, for a role on the Lions tour. So um, Stu, Big Stu is pos- a possibility, um, which I, I, I think, given that Gatlin is going to be the headman, and we know that um, Lancaster struggled in England doing that headman role, but has been very good for Leinster going into more of a coaching role, maybe it's spot on. Maybe that's the right move. But then again, maybe there's still some um, difficult history um, with Lancaster and a number of the England players who went through the pain of 2015. So maybe it might be more disruptive. Mm, He doesn't strike me in any way like a disruptive man. It's not like you're getting... Just pick a, a... Say Mike Ford. It's not fair on Mike Ford. We keep on using Mike Ford as like an example, of it. and that is not, it's really not fair. He's a great coach, um, but it's not. It's not like you've got getting Mike uh, Mike Ford in to coach. Uh, uh, what's his name? Burgess. Bur- uh, Burgess and Co. Is it? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It's I, not that. I, I can see that. I can. I can definitely see that. But you don't know, like the revelations from uh, Billy Vanapola this week was it in the was it in the times with Alex Lowe I don't believe any of it Lowe, yeah the, uh, him i mean of all the so of all the things that i wasn't expecting to read about um billy's difficult relationships was him and mako not getting on that would potentially have an impact on the england camp that just seems cr- crazy to think about it based on what Ooh. i assumed but I was evidently wrong. Were they referring and, to this World Cup just gone? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, Billy, I, I Billy V was apologising for not taking it sufficiently seriously I and don't believe a word of it. At times. Don't believe a word of it. I just really? think, no. I just think sometimes. So you 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 think Billy Vanapola's bullshitting? I think sometimes he's almost like. It's hard to explain, but he's almost too too modest. Like if he's going to shine the spotlight on someone. It's going to be himself, and he's going to say something like, you know, I could have done better, I could have tried harder. I think this is kind of just a bit of overreach from him, because I feel that if England's most important player, or one-off, had his head in the clouds like he claims to have had, um, this would have been reported, but none of the other players picked it up. I, I think it is hyper self, hyper self-critical, rather than... Well, the way, the, way, the way he qualified it was he, he what, when he expanded upon the phrase head in the clouds, what he said was... Uh, you know he's he, he's a supremely confident rugby player, rightly so, one of the best in his position in the world. Uh, he said that other players that were younger than him were sort of trying to 
put forward ideas or thoughts and he was just going, yeah, 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 but ignoring them and not actually taking anything on. And it's only with a little bit of time that we've had the last four months. Yeah. He's, he's refle- had time to reflect and he's thought, do you know what? I might have been a, bit, a little bit arrogant. Yeah, I think that's not, probably... And not, not listen to these younger people that might have had something to offer. Yeah, but if he, if he won, I'd kind of say they didn't have anything to offer. Uh, and you don't know if the things that they said would actually have made a tangible difference. At I the... think, well, Billy, Billy Van Apola might know. Yeah, I mean, he might know. He might, it does strike <laughs> me as a hyper, hyper self-critical thing he was saying. Yeah. And I, don't, I just well, don't think it's... I, a I just like the interview because he, he used the phrase coffee with the boys. Of course he did. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice way of saying, yeah, we, uh, we breached lockdown rules. We were <laughs> yeah. flaunt, flaunting the rules. There was no, no just coffee with the boys. <laughs> um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, so what were Mako and, and Billy arguing about? Like... You... Rent collections or <laughs> what the what the um, the dividend, what the growth on their uh, St Albans property was going to be? Well, yeah. Well, just just consider this. I've got a really good, um, you know, we, we've all got brothers who we all love and like well... to have a beer with and like to hang out with. I've lived with my brother. We we bought our first house together in Bath when he was playing rugby there, and I was a student, and um, so I've lived with him. But if I'd spent every day of my life working and private with my brother we 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 would have times when we weren't best of mates here's a question for you right i can say 100 yes yes 100 um here's a question for you right would you rather be the better brother in a relationship Let, let me give you an example although this isn't quite that clear cut but you can kind of work out where i'm going with it tom curry and ben curry Okay, the, the mm-hmm. guy who gets all, all all of the spotlight, or would you rather be the worst brother in the relationship, someone like Mark Wilkinson, who arguably was only playing professional rugby because it was he was John, he was Johnny's brother, Will Will Johnson, Will Joe Johnson, Ford. Joe Ford. Yeah, um, I'd, I know, I'd I know be... who I'd rather be. I'd rather rather be the more talented player, obviously. But no, if you get those two, you can only be the worst one, but it's either worse by that much or worse by that much, but you're like overperforming. Yeah, I see. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so with the Currys, it's bad because Ben is nearly as good as Tom. In some ways, he's better at better actually yeah they're one in one b but yeah. one has had a disproportionately more success and you definitely want to yeah. be you definitely want tom curry's bank account over ben curry's bank account right yeah, yeah. but <laughs> with joe ford and say let's use a diff no let's go mark wilkinson and johnny wilkinson um you're not even there unless you're jo- johnny's brother yeah yeah <laughs> you're not even you're and not also even got a seat at the table yeah. what what a great job you're probably never gonna play and you're still going to get paid. It's like the backup quarterback for uh, for an NFL team. <laughs> I, see, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to be the, um, uh, the the Ben Curry in this analogy. <laughs> Would I want to be the Ben Curry? <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Give me Mark Wilkinson. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm a... It, it, totally different scenario, but now my brother's reached um, fortune and fame. I'm, I'm definitely the uh, the lesser brother oh, in yeah, this of course. scenario. You are. Unfortunately, for years the more famous Largan, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> but uh, now, now only one of the Largan boys is right honourable. Well, he's on. What's the rule with honourable and right honourable? When do you become right honourable and when are you honourable? He has explained this to me. He's not right honourable. He's right honourable cabinet only. Well, I think might, you've got to have, oh, that might be right. Yeah, I think he's just the honourable MP. Yeah. 
for high peak. Although you could look at it like this. Now, because of your brother's position, you're certainly hated by less people. Uh, Comparatively, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So that's that's a silver lining. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, hate, you're hated by far less strangers who know nothing about the person you are. <laughs> and I've, I've got a serious number of detractors anyway. So that's, that's quite impressive to, with, with the number of people who hate me to be yeah. lower than my, uh, my yeah. sibling. Yeah. Uh, well, there is, some, there is some local news, of course, isn't there? Um, say local, local to your, to your club. Huge, huge announcement. Rugby's gone from level B to level C. Yeah, stage C. We have achieved stage C. Woo! Yes. Big deal. <laughs> what, what, what does it mean in Got tangible no terms? Got no idea. Here's what I think it, it, should, it, every, it should all mean. Um, I think it should mean run your own session and make it look however you want it to look and do whatever you, whatever you want to do because rugby clubs who are training are full of fit young men who are at very, very little risk of COVID. And, and at this point, I would say that everyone should be aware of COVID rules, regulations, and the risks. So if you show up to a rugby club and you go, I can't do that because I've got to go home and live with grandma, completely respect that. You can't do it. But I'm, I don't know why rugby teams just are not playing rugby, fr- uh, frankly. So the, the official, I, I, I kind of get that. Um, let, allow people to make their own decisions. Yeah. Um, I, but the, So the rules are um, touch rugby training, max 20 players, um, non-contact training is allowed and you can have intra-club, so within your club, um, uh, touch matches. Games of touch, wonderful. Yeah, t- 20 people max. 20 people max. Uh, what the difference between, say, 20 and 22 people or 20 and 30 uh, There is some is... more, I mean, you know, again, classic RFU, uh, going through some horrific cuts um, and they still finding time for this nonsense. And I, I, I do understand why they're doing it, because something has to be done. You know, no matter how token, something has to be done. I just like to see people use a little bit more now. So we know what, we know what the risks are. Make your own risk assessment. As you say, I think that the devil's advocate position to what you said, you almost covered yourself. So I was about to say, well, you know, a lot of people will say it's not about the young people that are fit. It's where well, they can transmit and give it to people who aren't, which is why yeah. individuals, like you say, who live with or think they might be in contact with people who are at risk might have to make have to make that call i mean if you are in cumbria say i don't know some farming community up in cumbria and sorry i'm going to use an example i'm going to use like wharf day just use wharf day yeah yeah something 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 like that maybe you work on you work on the family farm and you live with mum and dad and grandma lives i mean this is a very idealistic situation but say if it's that kind of community club uh i can understand why you'd structure your sessions in a lot more careful way than say Didsbury Talk Talk H not that we not that we do not comply sorry we comply to the regulations to to the letter of the law for the record for the record like the letter Um, but in Didsbury everybody lives with each other so like it's you know you'll find housemates playing you know usually you've got a whole bubble of people coming down from the same flat Mm. so you know city centre clubs are completely different yeah yeah, I, I, I totally do. I, I do totally get that. It's, it's a difficult situation. And um, well, there's, we've got another stage further, but I think basically we can summarise it as in it means you can play tag rugby. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Great. But what, one thing that you did uh, just briefly mention there, which there was some further announcements on this week, JB, that you, um, was it last week or two weeks ago, we spoke about yep. in some detail about 
these RFU cuts which have come in. So yeah, before you get into that, Phil, um, yeah. because you're absolutely right. Two weeks ago, if you haven't listened to the podcast, we covered that in depth before anyone else really, mainly because J- JB is like little finger in Game of Thrones. He knows what's <laughs> going on everywhere. <laughs> but we've got a message. Um, we received a message from a community rugby coach who would like to remain anonymous, but they've just sent a message that they thought might be worth put, giving a bit of context um, so I think it's probably reflective of all 189 uh, people that are being made redundant or in the case of all the 100 and however many community rugby coaches it is. So they say, quote, and this is from someone who was anonymous but was a community rugby coach or is a community rugby coach with the RFU. Firstly, I understand the current pandemic job cuts are going to have to be made and I'm not even annoyed about being made redundant. What hurts is the whole of the rugby development department is going and it feels like a kick in the teeth to the grassroots game. No community rugby coaches in rugby development for the money. It's 20k a year and a nice car. Most are in it because we love the game. We love giving something back to the local clubs and schools and giving children the opportunity to play our game. Up north, so this is someone based in the north, up north we have different challenges with rugby league and football, especially in the inner cities. But the work we have done to grow teams and get schools playing regular rugby union matches is unbelievable. I alone have grown up to 15 teams in the last two years, from boys, women's, girls' teams to adult male and vets' teams. Who does that work now? Uh, every club has outstanding volunteers, but they can't go into schools recruiting players, and they can't organise competitions. So I think it will have a huge knock-on effect. The local schools are in, the, are in leagues playing regularly. This was unheard of six years ago. Yes, they're creating 40-odd new roles nationwide to do the club coaching liaison. Uh, But the hands-on work which community rugby coaches deliver each week in clubs and schools won't be anything like what it was, and that's the most disappointing part for me. Do I think they could have made big cuts at the top to save us minions? Absolutely. We can talk about the 25K match fees, board member budget, stadium mismanagement, overspends at World Cup, etc. All we want... um, Sorry all we want, but the only ones feeling this at the minute are the 189 and the next to feel it will be the local grassroots clubs. That's the disappointing part. I think it's a very short-sighted view from those at the top with six-figure salaries. Yeah. Um, so there, I, th- I think that sort of crystallises. The, the, the guy or woman is not even concerned for their own job as much as they can see what, based on the work that they know they're doing every single day and have done for years, they can imagine where this is going to lead in years to come well, and what it will mean for rugby. Well, that, uh, that contributor there absolutely nailed it, uh, which, I mean, the money is important, which is um, it's not a well-paying job, but it's a, you know, it's a good job if you want to be around rugby. You know, that's why you do it. You do it because you really love the game, love, um, love the game, game of rugby. Now, uh, interesting what that highlighted, and I bet you won't. You, this will shock you now. I think of things from a very selfish point of view. So I thought, you know, <laughs> Talk H will be fine. Broughton Park was there. Didn't really see um, uh, many of these guys. They'll, they'll be fine. Most men's senior teams, I think, will probably be absolutely fine in a lot of ways that they won't even they won't even notice it. Particularly, you know, the, the higher up the leagues that you are. Where you will feel it are teams like Withenshaw, who were started from scratch, uh, uh, women's teams in particular. Uh, and I am hoping that the clubs, particularly the women's game, 
have seen the value of what women bring to club rugby now, and that will hopefully be na- be. Be, be, be naturally sustaining but it's those things like uh, the, the new club's been started out I don't know if there's another route for schools to do to replace these uh, community officers and also starting with the women's game and starting with the women's game has been very successful you've got to say I, uh, to answer that question I suspect there will not be a, another option for a lot of schools so the, the big the big rugby playing schools who have full-time coaches or, or serious rugby pro- programs they'll all be fine but schools that don't historically play rugby they just won't be playing rugby now I, they won't be introducing a lot of people to the game i mean I, I don't know how school rugby starts up i have no idea i assume it starts with a pe teacher who plays rugby themselves and then brings it to the school and thinks right this is a pretty good a pretty good activity uh, i've got no idea got, got, i think like you well, say it's those sort of like flood floodlit midweek um after school games between local state school clubs is the kind of thing I've seen happening around Manchester. You'd have like a Tuesday night floodlit league between not traditionally rugby playing schools that would put a team in playing a little round robin um, Mm. system, things like that, which is exactly what um, the sort of thing community rugby coaches uh, organize. Uh, Just, just, uh, you know, my son plays at uh, Broughton Park. Shame. And uh, yeah, (laughs) well, no, well, this this, this jokes. Yeah, I know. This, and this does affect. So um, potentially they're on, they were on the cusp last season of deciding to join with um, Didsbury Tock H in their year group because there weren't quite enough to always guarantee they would have the numbers required and reserves and stuff. So they were going to combine them together. But, and, and this is what I think the guy was getting at. So a couple of players here and there from a school that might get experienced it and might come along to a local club can make the difference between having to join together with one club, having separate teams so you can then play each other. But then think about these 12-year-old kids, six years' time. It's only six years and they're getting into senior rugby. Yeah, the Manchester... it's five, six years down the line we we could really, really feel this, even at senior level. Uh, Manchester rugby, um, in particular, is full of people that don't... Are not are not from Manchester, so in the, my final years at Broughton Park, there were very very few players that were Colts and made it to seniors. I can think of maybe two or three max. In Didsbury, there's literally one, and that's a recent Colt. I mean, there's there's nobody, there's nobody my age. There's no one. There's no one like twenty seven to thirty two who grew up in Didsbury playing Didsbury rugby i mean you've got to think about it Live, living in somewhere like south manchester it's like being the saudi arabia of rugby clubs you know you have an amazing natural resource which is the demographic that moves in between 20 and 35 before they move out to the suburbs so you don't really need any of this stuff mm. yeah but, um thank you very much to that anonymous contributor yeah, that's that's, it's really interesting to get that insight and a very well written, written um, and thought provoking piece, and and it just highlights the mm. the frustration and disappointment that we spoke about on this pod, and we spoke about two weeks ago when JB first brought this to our attention. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'd like to see going forward is clubs pooling their resources, or at least coaches pooling their resources. And it's kind of controversial because you don't want to be coaching your you don't want to be coaching your opposition down the road, do, 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 you, do you really? 
But I do think it'd be a good idea if the if the unions, so like like uh, Lancashire or Cheshire or whichever one it was, um, started up coaches coaches clubs. I don't know if it'd like be once a month where you know coaches can just go and so uh, socialise because let's face it, if you coach your coach your team, you're probably an absolute rugby norse. Probably far more so than all that uh, uh, than all, than all, all the players, and you can just go and I don't know chat about lineouts and you know how hard it is to select the team and what what idiots that you know that, like your whole pack is or you know that like that kind <laughs> that kind of thing. But I think there could be some really interesting things from that, like local like localized standards, localized badges, localized ways of playing, and standardizing lang- standardizing languages. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of stuff, and maybe. Uh, because sail sharks do a wonderful job with this, which is getting in coaches and teaching them basically the, the sail sharks way. You know, so if there's a big sort of anchor club in in the area, I mean, I think that that could be a good job for them. And you know, coach exchanges. They, there's a whole raft of things that we can do, which will cost almost no money, and we should mm-hmm. definitely look at doing them and help mm-hmm. improve the standard of well, the standard of the game ultimately. Yeah, um, from the bottom to the top. I mean, I might not want to help Oldham say right. Um, uh, but actually you know on the you know in the longer scheme of things of course you know of course you want to help each other because who really cares about what happened like this like this season it's about what happens to the game in five years time you know, yeah and you might because because you're in direct competition you might not want to help oldham's first team but if if you were able to go and help their under 16 absolutely yeah that's exactly actually like of course yeah absolutely I have I have to say that um, one of my favourite um, live sporting um, events of the last couple of years was going to watch uh, Didsbury Tuck H versus Oldham. They're built of different um, stuff, those boys. About 18 months ago when you'd been mouthing off on Twitter. <laughs> and they, Basically, everyone on the pitch and everyone on the sidelines had a big target on your back. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> we can't beat them. We can't beat them. I say I've said it multiple times. They are built of different. They're built of different stuff. Doesn't matter what what we do to them. How many points that we put on them, we can't beat them. Sounds like when that game, when and if that game is next played, we should live stream it and me we, and Phil commentate. I think we were like oh, twenty. Yes. We were like twenty points up. We, they had a red card for punching me, and a yellow card <laughs> for punching me, and, and they still won. Oh, yeah, they you, yeah, they won. And you, last last time they drew against us. <laughs> you, you look, you guys look comfortable for the first, I don't know, fifty minutes or whatever. Yeah, let's move on. You were by far the better team, and then threw it away. We can't, we can't beat them. We can't beat, and we can't beat Witness. But next season, mate. Next season, I'm telling you. Next season, I can hear Oldham have just got a whole load of new fans. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're going to be like the hipster team of England now. <laughs> Blood and mud fans will be uh, supporting Oldham. <laughs> well, uh, do you know what? Just a, a little tease and a little stake in the ground. I've actually had a thought um, based on what you said a moment ago about the, the coaching, the initiatives. I actually think there's something we could potentially drive. I'm, I'm just, mm. I, I'm, I've got a couple. I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. And um, well, can, can I just give a shout out? There's a, a rugby camp there called. I think it's called Fill Your Boots. It's like a green and grey. Oh, I'm sorry if I got that name wrong. But I was chatting to them. I'm chatting to them on Twitter. Because I was a bit curious about what they do, and they're just basically a player exchange. So if I'm on a stag do, and I've actually done done this before. I was on a stag do once in Newcastle, and I got a little bit bored of the stag do. So I took myself to Bladen Rugby Club, played for the third team, and then rejoined the stag do. Um, 
that's what they do. If you're if you're away from home, you say, "Look, I'm I'm here and I can play these positions. Can you find me? Can can you find me a club?" And that's what they do. I think there should be a local version for, like, for coaching, or whatever that might look like. I mean, if you go over to a rival club to help help them out, you don't need to give them your line out calls. You might just need to give them some drills or something. And it's and mm-hmm. there is no harm in uh, in help uh, in helping local teams. Or, or at least if 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 one if everyone from one grade, this is the sort of thing. Exactly, these are the sort of conversations I've been my, I've, my, I've been racking my head around this. Um, but um, I've got a few ideas. But you just made me think of another one. If everyone at one grade committed to a certain number of hours, sending them to a club yeah. in the grade below, exactly. that cas- that cascades expertise right down from the top all the way down. Yeah, we 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 did quite a lot of sessions last year with teams which were high, higher up than um, up than us. Like scrum practice and lineouts, but yeah, you know, we our pack was too brutal, so we had to uh, we had to cancel those. <laughs> too demoralising for it's them. Too, it's too demoralising for them. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you have coach you for? Did you have any any like superstar coaches coming into a session ever when you were with Sedgley? We had we had a fair few of the um, sale boys, um, various various ones. Um, Pete Angus came down quite a few times. Um, we we always had good links to rugby league. So we had um, various people: Sean Long, Bobby Goulding, Eddie Gardner. Um, Bobby Goulding was was good and interesting. Sean Long was good. Um, Eddie Gardner was very good strength and conditioning coach. Um, yeah, people like that. Although I remember having, um, I think his name was his second name was Naylor, who was a Salford. I remember watching him when when I was a Salford Red season ticket holder when I was a kid. Who was a, a centre for for Salford. And he came down and did a session that was about tackling high, like rugby league tackling. Ooh. So you, you're always looking at the man. So we, we, we were kind of taught more traditional rugby union tackling, so waist and below it, um, down and chop. And he did this session that was about running in and you tackle high. So you, 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 as you go in, you never duck your head. So you never actually hit him with a shoulder. So it, it was it's almost like accepting a, a less dominant tackle to um, wrap him up. And I remember him demonstrating that to me by he was holding the tackle shield and he got me to come and uh, tackle the tackle shield with him. And as I went to tackle, made the tackle, he stepped one way and the tackle shield went the other. So I like fell through him, but I had the tackle shield. And he's like, look, if you go down, you can't see the man. I'm like, well, I've got the tackle shield. The man can't <laughs> split in half a quarter of a second before I'm about to make a tackle. What what purpose does this drill have? Oh my god, I heard I heard one I was once. so annoyed with it. I, I, I heard one once, right? So we had a brand new coach. Um don't know where they got this guy. I have no idea what his qualifications are for uh, being a forwards coach, but I must have been uh, twenty two or twenty three. And his first message, right? And he was deadly. I thought he was joking. I thought he was like, it, it, he said it in such a dry way. But his first message was, right, hold the bag. And I held the bag. And no, I didn't hold the bag. Someone, someone, someone else held it. And they held it so that all went through one hoop, right? And then through the next hoop. Does that make sense? So you grab it like like a kind of a, a gladiatorial shield. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As if you're putting your hand into a, a, a Scott Quinnell arm guard type thing. So that... that so he goes, if I if I ever see anyone hold a tackle shield like that, you're out of here. I've seen forearms broken. Like, this is your first message of all the messages that you wanted to give the team. You want a tackle shield safety. 
This is the hell. This is the hell I'll die on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, I remember doing a, a good session as well with um, Tim Furry, who's a Sedgley Cedr- Park legend, big, big South number African eight? number eight. Yeah. Sounds like it, doesn't he? Yeah, quality player. Play, played until I played. He, God, um, he was probably forty-two when he finished playing Sedgley Ones, um, and he like play a coach for for a good long time. But I remember doing a, a drill with him where. It was about the the height of your rucking out, so clearing out and getting really low. Um, so it was like um, you have the sausage down, and then you have a, a tackle bag basically just on top of the sausage, and you've got to get really low to drive through. Um, because if you get, can get lower than your opposition, you can get them off balance, etc. And I remember, so I was then I did that when I was kind of twenty. Well, I must have been younger, um, eighteen, nineteen, with the Sedgley First team. Um, and then I was coaching at Lancaster Uni at the time, and so I ran that exact same drill about tackle height getting low um, with Lancaster Uni team. And the first lad who did it completely mistimed and basically just went, just face-planted, and legs went up and <laughs> over the full way around. And the whole, like, 40 lads there, the whole club just pisses themselves. I've had some... Brilliant, brilliant drill. I've had some dreadful coaches. The more I think about it, the more... I've, I've, I, I mean, I... We should really talk about things which are relevant to, to other people, but just a couple more. One well, guy. This, this is relevant, mate. This, this is absolutely <laughs> relevant. Everyone's thinking, yeah, me too. Yeah, this is. Yeah. I, I've actually, I, I, had, I had two examples for this coach. I've actually got three examples. In fact, I've got four examples from the same coach, right? <laughs> so this one coach who was coaching when I was when I, when I was. I mean, the standard coaching I, I had as a kid was unbelievably bad. So his first drill was to make us warm up by all holding each other's shorts and running around the field, and we'd have to start again if one of the rugby balls that he placed between us had fallen to the ground. So the idea was we would get used to running in a really tight formation round and round the pitch, but squeezing the balls together by just being tight. Does that make sense? It's like the Exeter Chiefs rolling mall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, probably Rob Baxter used it right now. <laughs> uh, another one. So we were very lucky at one point to have an incredible, let's uh, say incredible, a very knowledgeable rugby league coach. In fact, he was incredible to me because I had never met anyone who was coaching that ever knew anything about rugby. So um, this rugby league coach comes in. He t- t- tells us the basics about overs and unders. This blows my mind. I've never even thought of changing an angle whilst running on running onto a ball. And then he does a tackle drill about lifting the leg and leg and driving. You know, uh, hooks and handles and all that sort of stuff. And this coach interrupts the session. And goes, no, you should never do that. So he demonstrated with a player. He lifted his leg into his own nose. He says, look, simple as that. Broken. Let me never see you. <laughs> Let me never see you do that again. <laughs> What? <laughs> and the last one, which is comfortably my favourite, is he was trying to teach our uh, a friend of ours, a friend of ours called Tom Duffy, who he was a phenomenal rugby player, can do anything. He can swing it, can swing a, a, a golf bat, use use a tennis club. You know, it doesn't really matter. He can do anything. The, um, this kid. Well, this same coach was trying to teach Tom to kick by closing his eyes and <laughs> and then swinging at fresh air. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Yeah, the same the same guy actually pushed me out of a out of a bus window whilst it was moving. <laughs> he sounds like a good fun coach. Yeah, yeah, that was the most fun thing he's ever done. Amateur, <laughs> uh, oh, amateur rugby, eh? That's good. Yeah, I'm just you, just you just reminded me of um... you. You must have had low, you must have had everyone at Bath come down co- co- and coach you, Tim. Oh yeah, we used to. Yeah, we used to get loads of, loads of the players. Well, but to be fair, we had like. Ever 
Ben Ryan? Joel Abden, Luke Charteris and James Hudson all in our team. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough, actually. <laughs> like Bath, 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 Bath first teamers at the time, so yeah. But no, I just I remember one coach, JB, who you'll be aware of, who couldn't do a tackling drill without using the phrase. He'd always he'd always he'd always hit his own he'd always hit his own <laughs> bicep and go, gotta give him, don't forget, give him the meat and potatoes. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I still have no idea why meat and meat and potato made it made sense though, didn't it? I had no I had no doubt what he wanted from me. <laughs> give him some meat and potato. All right, well, okay. <laughs> Right, yeah. So, uh, well, well, I guess we should extend a general. If anyone's got any um, stories, thoughts, or ideas about how we can how we can collectively help out with this situation we now find ourselves in, then uh, yeah, get in touch. Or, or if you just have some hilarious uh, coaching oh, yeah. fails stories. Oh God, yeah. At yeah, Ruby yeah. Podcast, just let us know. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hashtag coach fail. Yeah. Please, yeah, tell us those. <laughs> yeah. um, oh my God, yeah. Before we move on to our next topic, I just want to talk very quickly about Twitter. Um, tell me this. I, I put out today that, that I, and I'm sorry for being so flippant, ideal breakfast for me bacon <laughs> eggs black pudding um but i did stipulate that the bacon be unsmoked and streaky that's not that's not mad is it so i i also prefer unsmoked but i do prefer back bacon to to streaky but i'm happy with either tim for me oh look at that i'm getting brought a cup of tea and some ginger nuts lovely <laughs> uh, yeah who cares about bacon um <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm actually with Phil on this. I I I I agree with you broadly speaking, but I actually I'd go for back, nice and thick back. So I, yeah. I, I can extra take... thick butcher's butcher's thick cut back bacon. Yeah, I mean, look, but... I, I can go for back bacon. I'm I'm not wedded necessarily. I am kind of wedded streaky. I think streaky bacon is superior, but I can go for either. It's a smoke that I find offensive, particularly from like from like supermarkets. Anyway, the fact that I've said non-smoked. It, I've had less controversy by tweeting about Israel Falau. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you, particularly with the supermarket. There's, I don't know, there's something... It's chemical. It's not really smoked, it's is it? It's metallic. Yeah, yeah metallic or chemically about yeah. um, bad smoked bacon. Hmm. Um, seems, seems we're talking about food, and Tim's enjoying a, a brew and some ginger nuts. Um, I've just been delivered... In Greece as well. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just don't let that settle in. I'm enjoying a brew and ginger nuts in Greece. That's um, my commitment to a cup of tea. 
I've just been delivered a banana milkshake and a double cheeseburger, even, even though I've already had my dinner, because um, my wife, being an NHS hero, has got a £15 Uber Eats voucher that expired tonight. Oh, and wow. so, so she realised she wanted... So she just had to order £15 worth of McDonald's. Brilliant. Um, which I'll, I'll be finishing uh, as soon as we're off this pod. Excellent. Um, hero. Heroes. So our, our mate, Neil Fissler... Um, has suggested in some more good reporting, very rare, very, very rarely wrong, that someone in the top four might be under investigation for salary cap um, infringements, I guess. <clears throat> Interesting. Now, you two have both got your uh, ear to the ground in rugby circles. Is mm. there any... Have you got any rumours as to who this might be? I mean... No, I'm I'm really? putting two I'm putting two and two together, and well, it'd be very well if you've seen some of the things that have been going on on Twitter this week. You'll you'll know it's uh, appropriate if I thought two and two added up to five. But I could <laughs> I could be, I could be making five out of something. Wait. But there, there is there is one story that I was aware of, or was always rumoured that could that could fit the bill, but it might it might be completely. Nothing. So no, really, no. I have what, no idea. What's the story you're thinking of? Can you give me a clue? Um, no. So, so let's well, so top four, right? Is so, ex- so gone. Go on, go on, Phil. Yeah, let me let me just tell you where my head. And I've got I've got no basis for this at all. But my my head was so the, um, of the top four. Um, I think Bristol and Exeter have the largest and and probably overall the best squads, but but largest certainly. Yeah. Um, but given that this season is going to be a weird season with you've got the salary cap reduction, so the season's extended anyway, and there's the salary cap reduction and the player reductions happening at partway through the season, I actually think that this season is, given that, it's both going to be hard to, to overspend and also even more difficult to prove an overspend yeah. because of the uncertain metrics, which leads me to think that this would not be a overspend in this season. This would be a false reporting type scenario or yeah. non-reporting of certain other payments that should be included, almost like the the Marrow type situation or the house that was bought for several Saracens players type situations. So, so something I, like that. I mean, if I just look at the clubs, uh, I mean, Exeter, I mean, it would be devast- it'd be devastating to rugby. Of all the clubs, this would be the one which would hurt the sport the most because they are whiter than white. They're probably the best run club, you know that, that there is. Uh, you know they epitomise the community and all. Like you talk about whole, wholesome rugby values, Exeter Chiefs. You know, so it'd be devastating if it turns out to be them. Um, Sale. Well, you know, if you ever listen to anything which Steve Diamond says, which you should do that, Tim, rather than interrupting him and getting on his back or um, all of the. All, all of the time, um, they um, they were under the cap. I mean, they've been significantly under under the cap for a, a, for a long, long time. Um, Northampton, I don't see it, and uh, well, maybe Bristol. I just got, I don't know. But again, I mean, Bristol would surprise me because um, Lamb has been on record as saying how worthless most of his players are. <laughs> He's, he can list off twenty four players, worthless players. Are- totally worthless nothing no one else wants them (laughs) no one else would ever want them so jb in in a piece of totally wild speculation don't repeat but what do you think 
I think you might be on something there, Tim. That's where my um, suspicion and putting two and two together to get five um, has also led me to. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there might be something in that one, but I, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not for me, thank you. Yeah, let's wait and let's wait and see how that one plays itself out. God, yeah. it's two clubs, though. I mean, if two clubs get busted for this, I mean, the first one maybe was cynical. The second one is just plain old stupid. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it, it, well, you could actually argue it's stupid given that there was uh, three clubs got away with it in 2015. Yeah, but you'd say that, right, lads? You've you've been caught. We'll let you off this time, but don't get caught with with your hands oh. in the till again. Mm. And I mean, then they do. At some point, the shame, the shame of being caught, because these owners are all successful. I've never said this before. They're all successful businessmen. They all want to be taken seriously. They've all got tangential. I mean, Steve Lansdowne, right? If Steve Lansdowne is caught cheating at a sport, how does that look for Har- for, for Hargreaves, Hargreaves Lansdowne, who are an I- who are an IFA? And if you're an IFA, trust needs to be your number one, two, and three priority. So 100%. I just can't imagine that a guy like that would would let the club slip, slip into that situation. But, you know, someone like Simon Orange is no different. You know, he does business based on the strength of his trust and you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people trust him. So whoever, whoever's guilty, if it's all, all that they are guilty, the shame factor is going to be enormous. Yeah, and it is worth um, just, just reaffir- reaffirming that point, which is this is potential and speculative at, the, at best at the moment. Um, yeah. There might be investigations going on, but certainly there is no conclusion as to guilt as far as any of us are aware. So no, it might no, all just be speculation. Let's hope it is. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's absolutely hope so, because we want the focus to be on uh, the rugby, which is returning. And on that point, just to say we've got um, another podcast coming in your feed. Well, it'll be, it'll be, well, it could already be in your feed right now, but if not, it, it should be coming Tuesday. Uh, a Premiership Restart Preview Pod. Fantastic. Um, yeah. What's everyone doing for the rest of the week? Tim, you're, you're, you're going to be getting a tan. Can you do your show from there? No, no, I, I, no, 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 I don't want, I, well, I probably could logistically, but I, <laughs> the reason I'm here is because I don't want to. The fact, that you're, the fact that you're so defensive makes me think that you might be trying to do your show from there and you've not told anyone. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely shaking his head not. very vigorously. Why are you, what's that throat slitting gesture you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what does that mean? <laughs> Shush, JB. Move on. Okay, fair enough. What, what have you got on this week, JB? No, uh, me, I have got nothing. I'm just giving good, wholesome financial advice via the medium of Beardmore and Co. to the good people of Manchester. Very good. Uh, you, you that's, build... where, that's where I'd go if I needed advice. Exactly. Fact, JB, JB, when I am back, I, uh, I, 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 might, I might get in touch with Beardmore and Co. because I, I might need some advice. Oh, oh, excellent. Uh, Phil, are you building a stadium or something? Uh, um. Well, f- finishing building an airport, looking at building a stadium, and looking at, at renovating a hundred-year-old uh, exhibition centre. So I'm going to be Which uh, I'm doing all that from from my uh, front bedroom as well. So doing it all remotely at the moment. But yeah, it's going to be a busy, a very busy week next week for me. Wonderful, wonderful. Right. Well, um, I'll I'll sign us off then. Um... uh, thank you for listening thank you for subscribing if you're not subscribing I recommend that you do so immediately follow us on Twitter at Podcast, at Cocker at Jay Beardmore Phil will be lurking somewhere with his wonderful hair and if he wants to see it it'll be in your DMs very soon (laughs) at Lion-O yeah at at Lion-O there is actually I did did, sorry to interrupt your finish JB but I did show Claire a picture of uh, Jack Goodhue 
to see if she'd be keen on me getting a mullet because it, oh, yeah. I could I could mm. convert this into a pretty impressive mullet. That'd be amazing. But, Do it. Uh, negotiate negotiations are ongoing around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for thank you all for listening, and look out for our Premiership Preview Pod, which will be dropping into your feed sometime next week. So, from me, Tim, and Phil, let the boys play. 